Welcome to the future of email. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. We help email platforms grow by giving their customers the power of real-time visual media in their email marketing. We believe that email is the critical civil media channel today for business and commerce. This podcast features the leading innovators in email marketing. Stick around to the end. I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the Cutting Edge podcast on the future of email. Let's go. Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the future of email marketing. My guest today is Vic Rajan. Rajan? Rajan? Rajan. Rajan. I should have asked you that beforehand. Sorry, Vic. Uh, From Video Socials and from uh, his company, Practice Marketing, Inc. Vic, welcome. Thanks for making the time today. Thank you, Matthew. We were just talking a little beforehand about uh, emails. <laughs> emails not going to go away, which we both I think so. We both agreed on. Uh, yeah. Further thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, it's kind of whether we like it or not, it's not going to go away. I, yeah. I feel it's it's kind of like uh, this new paradigm of video conferences and Zoom, and whether we want it or not, it's not going away. Not going away. And it's only you know, quote unquote, going to get worse. To you know, it depends on your perspective. Um, and email is the same way. Like we were chatting just you know off the record, so to speak, that it's across all age groups, demographics, income levels. You know, we live and die by email inbox. And yeah, we have to be more organized and it's the overwhelmed deluge as recipients. And thus, as marketers, we have to be more savvy to be more uh, segmented and to be more, uh, you know, specific and re- relevant. But that's with any marketing, you know, any good marketing is relevant for the demographic and the time. So I think, especially with, uh, you know, we can go into some of the technologies where email marketing is going and stuff like that. I think it's going to be even more fantastic, you know, Amp and dynamic emails, right? That that stuff hasn't really come into play in any significant way. Um, and I don't know how much you've spoken about that uh, in prior um, episodes, but you know, we're at the dawn of a new era. Um, and in my world, uh, where we include video and emails, you know, we're not literally including video and emails yet. Right. You know, that's just a figurative statement. It, it's like turn muscle into fat. No, part the other way around. That, that's what I do. <laughs> turn fat into muscle is what I think. Everyone, that's what everyone else should be doing. Um, so, yeah. So, so for that aspect, yeah, I think we're it, exciting times to come. Oh, I hope so. Let's, let, let's come back to the uh, dynamic and real-time content. I want yeah. to see on something you said there. Sure. Because uh, I thought it was a good, good, a good analogy to help to help people understand email's continued fit in the landscape. You 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 mentioned how video conferencing isn't going to go going to go away, and I and I totally agree. But let me throw let me throw a structural analogy at you and see what you think. Um, video conferencing, which which really got accelerated by the pandemic, obviously, um, uh, is technologically fragmented. We happen to be speaking on Zoom. We could have done this on Google Meet, on Microsoft Teams, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's, not a, there's not an open standard that says, no matter what you're using, let's have a video call. Well, there is. Yeah? There is. Um, I, I don't know if you want to go, if you want me to go there at the Run tangent. With Run with so, it. So browsers, Chrome browser, Firefox, they, they all, um, especially Chrome, has the WebRTC. WebRTC, sure, sure, okay. sure. Okay, so that is an open source, I mean, technically, right? So technically. Let's not go down that tangent unless you really want to. So technically there is, but yes, Zoom has become a default. 
Yeah, it is. But all the all the rappers of you know, here's the call number, or the address, or here's my identity. Like, not 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 quite there. And I'm going to guess not quite really there. Correct. I'm going to guess if we went looking for an open source standard that said we'll turn your browser into a video conferencing platform, there there are going to be 62 of them, but I can't name one. Um, same structure, in my opinion, uh, is the reality of 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 messaging, texting. Right? You've got sure. SMS. You've got um, Apple's iMessages, you've got yeah. WhatsApp, you got da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Email, unlike most of those, like that app yeah. sign thing, that address is like, yeah, sorry, it's kind of a global standard. And it's a global owns, standard. Nobody owns it. Yeah, which, um, yeah, I'm sure the USPS is kicking themselves. Um, Seriously, yeah. Right, right, Seriously. or whatever, you know, government agency that could have done it, right? I mean, they could have gotten a yeah. penny per email. And um, USPS would be happy for that. Um, but they didn't, uh, even though it was government technology, you know, internet uh, is government technology. So they could have very easily done it. I think that was, uh, quite frankly, the, the biggest uh, government disaster of, you know, of, of our recent time because it was a missed opportunity. But you're absolutely correct, Matthew, that it is because of that, you know, because it wasn't centralized uh, in terms of any government agency or even private agency, you know, back in the day, Hotmail was like that standard and yeah. uh, legendary of, of how they proliferated to be free and viral and all that stuff and got bought out by Microsoft for $250 million, which a lot of big money back then. So I wouldn't mind being bought out by Microsoft for $250 million, uh, but it's somehow ironically chump change nowadays to get bought out for that amount. But because of that, email has proliferated. doesn't matter what email client you have, to some degree, we're all able to benefit from email. Now, I say that to some degree because, as you know, some of these standards that, you know, like AMP, um, it depends on the email client, which is why AMP hasn't really fully standardized. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, you can, uh, because of that, as we were saying offline, more people check more email more times a day, more than any other social media combined. Yeah. And yeah. as I, I often do say that it is the original internet social media, you know, just second to being in person, yeah. Uh, yeah. the social media of yeah. gathering. Yeah. Uh, and so from that aspect, yeah, it's not going away. And um, it, it is a direct marketing channel. You know, I do a lot in the social media world and there's a lot of hype and coolness uh, in the social media world, but they're constantly changing their algorithms, trying to figure out relevance and optimization and kind of how, how to squeeze a dollar out of us as marketers. And fair enough, that's what their, their obligation is to their stake and stockholders. But with email, we have a direct connection. Now we have to hold that as a sacred trust and not you know be annoying about it. <laughs> but that aside, if we're relevant, we're timely, et cetera, et cetera, it's powerful, man. And you know, just it's one click away. One click away. And, and implicit in what you said, the 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 company, the marketer, the marketing department, uh, ends up with stewardship. Not ownership's the wrong word. Stewardship. Good, good, of, good of, of that set of addresses, those you know that set of relationships. You know, it's it's becoming a bit cliche to say it, but if you spend all your time building followers on your page on fill in the blank social network, they might take it away. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're going to try to figure out a way to monetize it for themselves because that is their obligation to do so. If they didn't, they'd be letting down their stakeholders and and other stockholders. So uh, so from that aspect, is their obligation, they better. Um, But you don't have that same critical problem uh, with email. You have other situations of people, bifurcation and 
uh, inboxes going dormant or or getting blocked, and you have a variety of other issues. So it's not all rosy as we know in the email marketing world. But but um, all things considered, if you are a good steward of that relationship, let alone the email the email address that it represents that relationship, yeah, um, it's cool because we you know it's on our phones. You know we take it wherever we go, uh, just like any other social media. But it's uh, again more direct. I was uh, this is a few years ago now. I was uh, I was CIO at a big uh, like Fortune one thousand company, pretty good sized company, twenty thousand employees. And the first thing I did when I walked in the door, this is like two thousand give or take. Um, you know, went around, met people, started learning the the, the business. But I realized that um, that everybody spent any time on the road, particularly senior exec types. First thing they did was get to the hotel, yeah, and plug in the modem back in the day, sure, right, and then go to dinner because it would take like three hours <laughs> right, for their for their Outlook to sync up with yeah. the Exchange back in. Right, I'm like, right, right. Oh, this is absurd. Right, so right, we right. we we put a we put a quite early for to do it, put a VPN in corporate VPN in place, which no one was right. doing at the time. I thought like this is inevitable, and all of a sudden. You know, it was like they'd use the hotel broadband and down it would come instead of syncing to the company phone number, which we all used right. to have to do. Sure. Right. And I think that was the most popular IT thing for for years, just just to get that friction point out of the way. But the point is, what was you know what was the lifeline for them? Bloody you know email inbox. I think, and I think it continues to be. You know, it's um, at a lot of my social marketing, social media marketing seminars. I, yeah in person now if it's on zoom it's more annoying but in person i, I would and if it's in the morning like an 8 a.m type of thing i'll do like a, a raise of the hands how many of you have uh, checked facebook this morning good number how many linkedin it was a dismal number how many of you check email everybody everybody and i'm like yeah there you go yeah. um and, and sometimes it's a it's a facebook marketing seminar that i would be doing just to kind of pivot the conversation a little to kind of wink at yeah. hey don't yeah. forget email yeah. how ubiquitous it is look at the room Okay, well, today we're going to talk about LinkedIn. Today we'll talk about Facebook. But for me, there's this um, trifecta of what I call word of mouth marketing, kind of a nice play on words. And sure, you have that website, blog, that content that's on your site. You want people to come back. Yeah. You want an email capture form to, to capture that email address because you're driving traffic from search or from social. Uh, and then the outbound or stay top of mind is email uh, for all the reasons we just talked about. So it's it's kind of knowing that there are these three gears that are interoperable from social to web, a website, and then of course email. Yeah, and I don't think that's going away. To answer your point, I'm just curious. Um, since you mentioned LinkedIn, my observation in the past year has been that LinkedIn is getting a lot noisier. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're doing all the right things. I think it's funny because um, when Microsoft bought LinkedIn. That's like, you know, when like Sears bought Kmart. 25 like, billion. You know, you know, yes. But it was, was kind of like, all right, you know, like what's really going to, what good thing is really going to come from this? You know, because Microsoft is not known as the, the most hip, hip company right now. And LinkedIn is definitely not the hip social media. And so, all right, you got these two boring, but B2B enterprise oriented companies coming together. Let's see what they're going to do. The irony, as much as they get made fun of that they always just kind of copy Facebook, well, that ended up working. I think it's a very, it's a much more sticky platform now. To your point, yeah, it's noisy, it's cluttered, but you know, that, you know, that's what the point is, right? It's a, it's a, it's a party. Uh, so yeah, it gets to a point where you know you don't want to go to the party anymore because too many people are there. Uh, it's like 
like that yogi, I think it's a Yogi Berra quote, right? That now I know, I know when he comes, it's, what's the, what's the, what's the line? It was a quote. Um, He's so good at, he was so good at mangling. Yeah, yeah, he, he, something to the effect that um, now I know why nobody comes here. It's, it's too crowded. Right. Um, and so it's the same thing with LinkedIn, right? I, now I know why no one uses it because it's too crowded. Um, and, and so it, it's the same irony, right? That so yeah, it's a little bit cluttered. Uh, but they're working on their algorithm, and you know, I, you know, we have we're automation partners, uh, video socials with LinkedIn. So I only have good things to say about what they've done. Uh, but truthfully, candidly, I think they've done a lot of good things. I'm not a huge fan of how they've really shut down the email export aspect of LinkedIn. Not a huge fan of that, uh, but there are there are automation and scraping things that we're not a huge fan of, but obviously can work. And, and yeah, LinkedIn's yeah. trying to fight it, and they end up losing that. But nevertheless, yeah, they, I think they should make it more easily and that easier to um, integrate with email software. I think it would be to their be- uh, benefit. But nevertheless, yeah, it, as a social media, when it comes to B two B, it is. I like that they stayed true to the peer-to-peer professional yeah. B2B market and weren't didn't want to turn too much like Facebook in terms of the social aspect of it. Yeah. That they weren't yeah. social media in that sense. They're they're a business conference, they're a trade show. Yeah. It's it's you're wearing your name badge, you're handing out your business card. It's not a weird faux pas to do business there. That's it's an expectation. As opposed to with Facebook. It's a barbecue, right? And for you to be like with your, you know, ready of your business card is kind of awkward and you're wearing your name badge at a barbecue. It's like, well, what are you doing? Um, you know, and vice versa, you know, you're in flip-flops at a, at a business conference. What are you doing? So the fact that they stayed true while the social media world is cluttered because if, do I do Facebook or do I do Instagram? Why should I be on TikTok? And one's fighting for that, you know, mass social. Facebook workplace isn't really a competitor to LinkedIn. Uh, you know, LinkedIn somewhat sometimes is like a joke because like people roll their eyes, but I'm like, but they make money the old fashioned way. They, they provide value and benefit and they charge money for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not only the advertising, but HR and all that. So go on. And I have to, I have to agree with you, uh, despite calling out LinkedIn as getting noisier, I, I, I will put the LinkedIn, LinkedIn tab up either a good part of the day or for sure, yeah. at least once a day. Yeah. And it, and and it's because it's business, right? It's like, yeah. well, yeah, I need to keep up keep up with it. I mean, that how did I how did I find out a bit more about your company before we started talking? You know, like, the legit place to go. It's a legit place to go. It's LinkedIn, and, and it's so LinkedIn's emails to, to bring the two worlds together are annoying. Like I hate it because LinkedIn LinkedIn always wants you to log in, and, and so it's like so and so liked your post or so and so commented, yes. and they won't tell you who or what. I'm like, F you LinkedIn. It's just really annoying. Like now I have to go in. I mean, I have the app, so it's not that big deal. Right. But talk about, you know, with dynamic, real-time AMP standard, I am looking forward to kind of doing LinkedIn within an email. So they get what they want in terms of eyeballs and advertising and all that stuff. But I don't have to leave what my interface to give LinkedIn the eyeballs and the credit for advertising, yeah. which is really what they want. Yeah, um, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but considering it's Microsoft, if they can integrate it with Outlook, you know, it could happen. I mean, that would be a neat place for them to integrate Outlook and LinkedIn more because of the dynamic, literally the dynamism of, of AMP. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, get a little feedback loop when I first start talking. So sorry if it's noisy if you're on a podcast. Um, 
You mentioned you mentioned AMP, and I'll pick on I'll pick on AMP for just a, a second, which uh, I'm I'm a little bit prone to do. Uh, AMP, and and if you're listening to this, AMP is uh, accelerated mobile pages was a Google standard for the web originally, and about five years ago, uh, Google uh, put out AMP for email, which is accelerated mobile pages for email. Uh, my view on AMP for email is I think it's accelerated media pages, right? Accelerated right. media pages, yeah. Okay. It Actually, no, it was accelerated mobile first. It was? Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, now that we're getting 5G, tell me how much my mobile needs accelerating. Okay. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, uh, Microsoft dropped support for AMP for email about a year ago, um, and 50% of email messages are opened on iOS, and the iOS right. native client does not support AMP Correct. for email. So my my, I, I'd bet the beer that we'll see that we'll see that go away um, and go in the Google product graveyard. And on the one hand, bummer. Because more dynamic content in email is good, could be a good thing. On the other hand, I think um, I think it, proprietary standards always make me a little antsy for the reasons we discussed about the con- sort of common carrier nature. Common carrier email. nature, and that's why I was kind of alluding that it does actually, ironically, does depend a little bit on the email client. Yeah, it, it's kind of strange. They did they tried to make it outsource, uh, not part open source as possible, um, yeah. but the rivalry. Is just there, <laughs> but it's so silly because everyone would benefit from like real-time, updated, interactive web page-like email, which is yeah. how I explain it. Like everything you could do on a website, you could do in your inbox. Yeah. And people somehow sometimes don't really totally get it. I'm like, like, but it's revolutionary. And, and so yeah, I mean the fact that I, I thought Outlook 365 does still support it. They don't. They don't support it. I know. I know Outlook client like desktop does. No, they. Yeah. Uh, there's a, I forget the moniker for the uh, potentially competitive um, uh, interactive mail standard that Microsoft's looking at, but they basically they parted ways and strategically, you know, having yeah. having having. I actually worked there <laughs> at Microsoft in the night. Fair enough. Um, when the when the big monopolies are are doing that dance, it's like watching a you know, it's like watching sumo in Japan or something like that. Yeah. It's like some of the maneuvers they're making may look silly, but they're thinking way, way, way ahead. And uh, uh, honestly, I don't know. Like, it's almost like a who cares. Like, if if Outlook, iOS, and Google all have their own proprietary standards because they're you know, because they're ninety nine percent of the email world, they would end up being this meta standard, right? Like, they would be this skin that we would as marketers would be able to kind of do what we want to do and the software would translate it to the three standards it's like all right i get what i want like i can push your i can i can have you fill out a form i can have you watch a video uh you can you know buy tickets you can do all this stuff within the email because it's going to translate it to the outlook standard it'll translate it to the ios apple standard and etc etc so like from a marketing standpoint who cares really because it'll be it'll make more sense to have the meta standard so to speak so do it already <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Just do it because then then we can do this all really cool stuff uh that right now you know it's kind of silly that we can't yeah uh, and people don't know how it could be because we just don't have it so it's like we don't know what we don't know but it's annoying to have to click and go to a web um, or go to an app 
when I, I'm right here. I'm in my inbox. Like, why, why am I not just doing it here? Well, it's even, you know, even before you get that click, it's massively annoying to have the simple design limitations. Design limitations, of, data of gathering. Versus web. Like, God, email HTML is, is a nightmare. It's Correct. so fragile. It's so fussy. Very You've got Correct. this ecosystem of great companies let miss email on acid. Like, what's their raison d'etre uh, to help you make sure it's not going to look like crap? Like, so make sure it's not going to break. Yeah. Right? It's and not going to break. Ah. And for something that literally we all live and die yeah. on for yeah. business, yeah. more than social media. So it, it's silly that they're not fixing it because, especially for a company like Microsoft with Outlook, yeah. even more so because that is their bread and butter. Like they're a business to business company, um, even more so than like iOS and Apple, where they're more of a consumer products company as much as I'm, you know, I say that, and I'm sure they make billions in the enterprise. So, but nevertheless, like they're seen as a consumer product company or consumer yeah. facing. Yeah. Um, I think, I think email B is a victim of its own structural advantages there on, on the upside, uh, not owned by anyone, no gatekeeper. So we get the common carrier thing that we were discussing on, on the, on the, you know, the corollary of that is there's not, one or two companies who can sort of move the industry with a standard. I mean, I would argue that 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 the relative paucity of take up of AMP for email. SparkPost, a friend of mine, April Mullen, she was a previous sure. guest on this podcast. Uh, I'm a SparkPost customer. Yeah, they're a wonderful, cool company. Um, she just she was just quoted a couple of days ago in, in an article by Ray Schultz saying that zero point four percent of their com- customers are sending AMP enabled yeah. emails right so take up slow so here you've got yeah. the biggest inbox provider right in 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 the space saying right. let's try and push email over to the interactive side of the thing and it didn't quite stick no yeah no. yeah we're, we're 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 balkanized and we're still so we're still using a 20 year old html standard Ugh. correct yeah and, I, and and i think it's be, and the irony is because as people ultimately our email client doesn't support it, let's say by the vast majority, right? If we're on Apple Mail or Outlook, you know, those of us in Google, sure, but like, you know, and we don't even recognize it, right? So A, those two clients don't, or those two ecosystems don't. And then even as I'm a Google user, um, Google Workplace. uh, um, And so if if there is any dynamic content, it's not really being shown to me that way. It's almost purposely too seamless. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay. I don't even know. Like, honestly, the amount of email I check, I have no idea if there's anything dynamic going on. Like, I don't know. So they, there should be a little bit more of a bell and whistle there because yeah. But yeah. it's like, so anyhow. Well, it, it, inside baseball, perhaps, but since you mentioned it, you mentioned dynamic content, our company, Campaign Genius, is real-time slash dynamic content for any email platform. Um, what we're manipulating is something that's been built into email for 20 years, that uh, images and hyperlinks can be updated on open. Um, and, because it's using a URL. Yeah, exactly. And like we've built a bunch of stuff that's really quite useful, quite innovative for marketers but what we've discovered in the last couple of years is email marketers, broadly speaking, um, have a heck of a time making the bandwidth to a 
to to adopt new or different. Like they seem to be on this hamster wheel of production, and it's like, wow, you, you, you're it's you're old so- dog new tricks, I guess. Old, yeah, a bit of that, and uh, and a constant. Apparently, in, in you know, if you go to Enterprise Company X and look at the average age of the people who are doing the email, they're going to be in their twenties, and five years from now, they're still going to be in their twenties. Like there's a churn out <laughs> yeah. problem yeah. as well. Yeah. And then on this SMB, you know, small medium business side of things, you know, the the Mailchimp customer base, if you will, if it's not in the tool set and easy, they're not going to do it. Right, they're not going to use an external this or a plugin that's like it's hard enough to get email campaigns out the door um, in in their current form because of all the reasons mentioned. You know, fragile HTML, yeah. difficulty in rendering standard. That it is like yeah. it's like this yeah. is hard enough to do already, much less adding something else to it. So you know, we'll 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 keep fighting. We'll keep fighting the good fight, and, uh, <laughs> and we'll get there. But that's. Uh, that that's the nature of markets and technology technology change and stuff like that. Um, one other aspect of dynamic content, though, that I wanna that I wanna sidetrack on because it goes back to your company, Video Social. You mentioned video and email, which is uh, an area of interest of mine as well. First, frame it for people. Uh, what what's Video Social do and for whom? So we are a combination of a community and an automation system, automation app where our members are, are your everyday professionals. So think of your lawyers, your accountants, consultants, coaches even, people who uh, have their small firms, even within a larger firm, they need to stay top of mind with their potential clients and referral relationships. So of course it's gonna be by email, but in that mix will be social media and their website. And so they come to our video blogging clubs and they get their video blogs recorded together, fun and done. It's kind of like a networking group that would meet on Zoom, except the express purpose is to practice recording, give each other feedback and ideas, eventually get to know each other well enough where they're liking and sharing each other's videos and multiplying the results of their uh, video marketing by email and social. Um, So the video blogging clubs is part one of video socials. And then they get a link to their video on a private preview page, which is our app where they're able to automatically add headlines, subtitle captions, a call to action end screen. And then we're automation partners with LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook and WordPress. And of course you can email the videos. Uh, So from that aspect, all the automation of getting the videos out there is there, Uh, but because it's a group dynamic and a community, you get the sharing aspect where members share each other and that really multiplies and it holds each other accountable and encourages it's fun for those of us who like, uh, who, for those of us who don't like being on video and creating video blogs and content, it's, it becomes a fun community where it's encouragement and accountability and a little bit of networking all, all wrapped up into one. And so part of our system, you're able to click and create an animated GIF out of your video. And that's how you can embed it in an email right now. But I'm looking forward to the day where you can embed or iframe a video right in an email uh, because that's, you know, for us, more people check more email more times a day. So the more we can do it, in fact, we're, we're, we're literally looking into automating a little bit of when you post your video on LinkedIn, can it automatically then email your top VIP relationships where it doesn't necessarily replace um, a real um, email marketing system like yours, for example, but uh, it's nonetheless that VIP relationships where these are the people who would actually share your video and it's not, you're not blasting to them, but really blasting through them. 
Um, and so we're looking at different ways because whatever we can do to use email to bolster the results and the efficiency of social media is good from a word of mouth standpoint. And that's essentially what our members do is they get their clients through word of mouth. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Great niche. And I love the, um, I love this, the, the, the social engineering of recognizing that one of the real challenges in re- recording, you know, recording yourself on video is 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 the, that solo thing trying to go through the script? It's not easy. It, it, it's boring. It's staring <laughs> into the black hole. Can be scary. Uh, then it's like, where do I look? I have to click start. I have to click stop. If you're not tech savvy, it's even worse. Um, and then it's just it's easy to procrastinate. Like nothing bad happens if you don't record your video blog today, you know, or tomorrow. It's like going to the gym. Nothing bad really happens if you skip the gym today, <laughs> tomorrow, next week, even. But then after a while, you know, as I know, it, you know, it keeps up on you. And then after a while, you don't video blog on a week to week basis. And then it's like, yeah, I did that last month. I kind of stopped. Eh, maybe I don't need to do it anymore. And you fall off the bandwagon and now you're out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. Out of business. Yeah. Yeah. The other uh, the other thing that I think you're addressing with that, just listening to it, which yeah, I, quite, I quite like the uh, I quite like the way you laid that out is um, there are there's a bunch of really uncomfortable self-awareness triggers involved in that solo video recording thing. I mean, um, even, even, even just audio recording, I've done a bunch of voiceover work for, you know, separate business, but even just an audio recording of, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm going to go through the script, pause, listen to it like, Oh crap. Right. Cause you can't, you like, you can't not (laughs) do some evaluation of that's my voice or that's my voice and face. Yeah. And it's a hard hurdle to get over. I mean, yes, there are people who live to see themselves on screen. I am not one of them. But most people, it's a big lift, especially by themselves. And it's, it's, it takes a lot more acting when it's just by yourself because you're just, again, staring into the black hole. But if you had, you know, a couple of friends with you mm-hmm. that are in the same boat as you, right? They're not sitting there judging in a bad way. It's either it was their turn or it's gonna be their turn. So there, we're all in the same boat of a little bit of butterflies, even if we're not, you know, completely nervous. You know, so you have your peers that you're comfortable with. Yeah. So you know, it becomes friends and family. So, yeah. so from that aspect, as a peer community, it's a lot easier to kind of talk to and kind of have to do the presentation in front of a small audience than just where do I look and how do I look and. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and they support each other. They give feedback. So it's that's great. that's that's great. Plus, you get that uh, you know you you get that change in um, change in dynamic of how you talk to you know to a person, particularly yeah, that you've right. got a relationship with, is is not nowhere near the framework you're in when you're staring at that black hole, as you said, yeah. and trying yeah. to stay on script. <laughs> right. and, and, and we want our members, you know, it, it's that personal brand. It's their natural authenticity, genuine, conversational. Yeah. All that stuff happens by nature because that's what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to have this contrived retail smile and pep and energy when it's just like you. <laughs> yeah. And it's like this awkwardness. Uh, and, and of course, sometimes it's a very serious topic. You don't really need a retail smile. But then it's like, again, it's just ultimately lonely and boring and we want to make it a social fun event even if it's a serious subject and then you get the added uh, marketing benefit where here are referral relationships these are people who can share you to some connections um so and vice versa you're able to help them too so it becomes that inevitable peer relationship now did the um, 
did the the software platform piece of video socials uh, come after as as you started to recognize that helping helping with that distribution problem would make the business uh, have even more impact? It came very soon after. It took. It, it, the only reason it didn't launch at the same time was for developmental reasons. Everything takes longer than you think. Yeah. So and and so, kind of having hired guns as programmers, it took a little bit longer. And we also we knew we didn't need all the bells and whistles day one. So it evolved over time to it's a pretty good robust platform now with automatic reposting, a whole bunch of fun stuff. Um, but for us, it, it is a community. You know that it's it, it's even if people had to manually post it and. It, the hardest part is that uh, getting it recorded, perfecting the message, you know, doing it on a consistent basis. It's ultimately a time management and a tech management to some degree. And that, you know, kind of what we said, email is never going away to some extent. Uh, time management and, you know, nervousness, unfortunately, that's, that's a perennial human trait. You know, it doesn't matter how many scheduling and time management systems we have. Uh, we, we never get that 25th hour in the day. And so from that aspect, uh, it's very easy to never have the time to do something that you don't really want to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we make it fun. So yeah, to, to answer your question, it came very soon after. We we launched this um, end of January, really February of 2019. Okay. Um, yeah. And the software was starting to kind of come out for our members to use uh, like in March, April. So it, it, was, it was relatively quick. But I do remember... Um, being a little bit of the hamster wheel promising of like, it's going to come next week. And, you know, next week I kept saying, um, but I I said it for like two months and then it was like, all right, here it is. And then, oh yeah, we'll fix that bug next week. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, It always takes longer. It's like any construction uh, project. Yeah. It's because, yeah, exactly. Is your market uh, for the service, uh, I would guess at least U S nationwide. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we we do have um, a member in Germany and potentially more members in Europe, but nationwide here in the U.S. Yeah. in about a dozen states, we've got over 120 members and growing. So we've got raving fans. So relatively new in terms of how this is really growing and scaling, but it, it's um it, it's fun. Very cool. And, and it, of course, you know, I'm here in New York. You're you're uh, in Washington, and so it's just you know people have the same needs all over whether they speak English or German or Italian or Japanese, you know, there are lawyers and consultants and other professional service providers uh, who are subject matter experts and thought leaders, and they need to make an impact and stay top of mind with their circle of influence for their business, their practice. And so we're looking forward to video socials, you know, the sun never setting on video socials. Do you, uh, do you find that folks in real estate or folks in law are more natural and comfortable on camera out of the gate? it's amazing. Like, right. People think like, Oh, he's a litigator. You know, they're thinking like law and order or, you know, to kill a mockingbird or, and they're like, of course, you know, he's going to be a natural, but he's nervous. Um, Or she is a relatively young person. So of course she's going to be much more video savvy. People are people. Um, It's, it's all sorts of hangups. And then we've got like a good 20% of our members. Don't get me wrong are not the nervous uh, type. It's just, they just, they know they need a drum beat. It's like, let's just get going. Um, it's like, you know, very often it's the fit people who have coaches and fitness trainers and are training at, at the gym uh, more than folks like me who need or should go to the gym. And so it, it's very, there's a good cadre of our members who uh, um, are doing keynotes and they've got podcasts and co- and courses and, 
they've got a whole media infrastructure and they're really seeing video socials as part of their marketing mix. Um, but to answer your question, it's not necessarily by profession or age, by age or gender. People are people and um, it, it's a lot of fun, I think. And that's a good dynamism that, um, you know, that's well-seasoned, well-connected professionals able to learn from someone who's maybe newer in business and, and maybe presents better and vice versa. Right. Everyone's right. learning from each other. Right. Nice. Right. nice. It's, uh, it's kind of encouraging to hear. The um, I think it's easy for people... Maybe less so now because I've been working with uh, I've work, been working with video a long time. Sounds like you have as well. Mm -hmm. But as I watched video and the volume, you know, sort of volume prominence, usability of it start to climb, it's easy to underestimate the the off screen work as well. Yeah. Like this 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 is not type type hit sense. Like you cutting this, editing that, getting a master file there. Like uh, you know. All of that stuff, it's like, oh, this is time consuming. And it's actually hard to make it kind of a methodical uh, pipeline because there's some, I've been doing this for 10 years. There's still yeah. grunt work with video. There is, there is. And, and kind of our job on the software side, you know, the community side is the interaction and the friendship and the peer relations. On the software side, yeah, I, I agree with you, Matthew. However, that's kind of our goal is to make it less so. Yeah. So, and we do so in two ways. One, of course, there's automation and the tools can be there where you push a button and now Alexa will transcribe your video into a read-along written blog aspect of your, and then our system turns into subtitle captions. It's eerily accurate. So that's taken care of. Adding the headline, the call to action, end screen, that's there. We've lessened the need and almost eliminated the need to do a lot of that cutting and splicing by reminding our members that you want to keep it short and simple because these are people scrolling through social media or scrolling in their inbox and unless it's short and pithy and extremely relevant in that two minute range at most you've lost it right so if you're gonna if, when it comes to like a big production you know a nonprofit gala video or a webinar and courses you know where it's hours of footage and you need b-roll and different camera angles absolutely then you need a, a you know, either you're doing it yourself and you're you know being lost in the black hole quagmire or that's why you hire production staff that's why videographers i think are, are extremely essential and necessary we don't really displace them we're, we're really filling a void between that do it yourself or Mm -hmm. And of course, that professional videographer who would just be annoyed to have to take that pitiful work, an annoying amount of work, uh, that it's just like, really, you want me to edit a five minute blog for your LinkedIn? Like, uh, you know, it's COVID and I can't go in person, so I'll do it. <laughs> but they don't want really want to do it. Like, that's awful. Or it's just too cost prohibitive because they're like, all right, I'll charge you my rate. Yeah. Uh, and that's just silly. Right. So we fill that void. So to your point, yes, it, there is a tedium. That we've automated and we've also kind of figured out the sweet spot to avoid a lot of the tedium that you may need because if you say like we get compared to toastmasters a lot i don't know if you're familiar yeah sure. my wife, is, my wife is in toastmasters yeah. oh excellent my business partner was president of the largest toastmasters in hawaii so we pay a lot of respect to them and very much we're like the toastmasters of video blogging and they have like an um and uh counter, I'm sure you've heard from your wife, where they literally will count how many uh, times. And we don't do that because we're like, that's silly. It's like, it makes sense for that world, perhaps. But for us, uh, say um and ah, uh, like no big deal. Be natural, be conversational. You, you flub up a word. All right, don't just throw out the whole video. 
we flub up words like I forgot that quote uh, just, you know, a couple of moments before. It, we, we all know it. I'm sure some of your listeners knew exactly what the quote was and was, you know, will kind of be yelling at, at, at their phone. Um, but nevertheless, it makes it more natural and conversational that way. So from that aspect, as our members get used to, it's okay to flub, it's okay to do the um and ah, uh, keep it short and simple, and they get to recognize, all right, what is a two-minute topic or and a member will say, hey, you stuffed way too much into that three-minute video. And it went to like three minutes and 15 seconds. You didn't need to stuff it all that. Just mention, instead of like the six ways to do something, just mention the two ways. And the other four ways, shoot me an email, and I'm happy to share the other four ways. And that's a great call to action, a nice teaser. And so our members learn the kind of the tricks of the trade to keep a short and simple kiss principle, keep it short and simple, where it eliminates the need for all that tedium the rest of which is automated through our, our platform. Nice. nice. Yeah. And you you said you, you mentioned that you automated the um, the thumbnail the video to GIF piece yeah. of the of the work to yeah. To, to I, I say GIF, but the, but I'll, I'll forgive you. What's that? I say GIF, but nevertheless, <laughs> that's a different episode that we could uh, argue about. GIF versus GIF. No, it is graphics interchange format. So. I know, but apparently the founder does say GIF, right? Like, yeah, 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 I heard that so as well. And there was the whole peanut butter uh, yeah. thing for a little while. It was a uh, was a uh, actually there was a there were patent rights on on that format by CompuServe for a while. So. Yes, it was. Yes, I remember. I was a CompuServe user back. At, you know, I'll make you feel old. I was in high school at the time, uh, <laughs> but I was a prodigy and CompuServe geek back then. So. Uh, so I know the yeah. I know the twelve hundred board modems, uh, but but animated gifts, yes, um, yeah. yeah. Our system turns videos into animated, gifts. Yeah. which is <laughs> and, and, and regular gifs. And what what we're both alluding to because we kind of swim in this sea is that currently email doesn't really allow reliable playback of video in the email message itself. Right. There right. are a few platforms. My friend uh, my friend Lisa uh, Lisa Jones has a has a company. Um, that that does this as well as it's possible to do it, but you can't say 100% of emails are going to be able to play this video in the message itself. And Correct. it's just right. it's technological limitations that are, you know, th they kind of boil down to it. It's not going to work for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work Too for bad. a while. Yeah, it's kind of like what, what we, we were discussing. So it's going to rewind the podcast and you'll, you'll know why. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, until we get to that point, which, you know, who knows? Um, yeah, we use the animated GIF as kind of the teaser so that at least it, it, it'll say click here to, to play and hear this video. And not that we're looking to trick anyone, uh, but if they don't get that it's an animated GIF, who cares? They'll, they'll click it and then they'll watch it either on YouTube or their website or whatever, wherever it's hosted um, and kind of make it where. And, you know, we the whole point is to make the email as interactive as we possibly can kind of to your point where it's kind of cool that I'd love to kind of see how you're uh, kind of it, hacking in a good way in, in a productive way uh, the, the limitations that we're facing today. Yeah. yeah. The, um, I was on a, I was on a zoom call with a bunch of email industry folks from only influencers. Oh, two months ago. And the topic of video and email came up and I was really surprised. I mean, this is a bunch of the top email marketers, in the world as a collection. And someone said, well, how many of you have actually gotten an email with video or video thumbnail in it? Oh, and even it a thumbnail, even an animated even or... Thumb, yeah. It wasn't It oh. wasn't even 100%. It wasn't even 50%. Oh. 
And then one of them said, yeah, well, except I, I get them from Matthews because <laughs> right. I do it intentionally. Right, 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 exactly. But it's just yeah. not nearly as common no. as as you'd think because it's effective, right? If 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 I record a video and send it to you in email, especially if I hold up a little sign that says, hey, thanks, Vic. Yeah, sure. Go on and watch it statistically. Statistically, it's – it's amazing how it kind of does remind me of, of those kind of Yogi Berra quotes. It, it, it's amazing how um, small the number really is in something that we think everyone is doing. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think we get lost in that forest, but people aren't in that forest. Like, and I, I use another example similar to that of LinkedIn and video. Because, you know, I, I do a show of hands of the whole bit. If you scroll your LinkedIn, every other video, a part of every other post is a video post. I mean, they're prioritizing it. So just you can't escape it, you know, whether you like it or not. Um, and yet how many of us know, how many people do we know that are actually posting videos on LinkedIn on a consistent basis? Yeah. It's not half your connections. I mean, it's not even half the people that you know post on LinkedIn or active. So it's like this tiny, 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 tiny number, which I'm like, from a marketing standpoint, well, that's awesome. That's like a huge blue ocean. Like we think like, oh, everyone's doing video. Everyone's doing video and email. No, no, no. Like practically no one is. We just may be swimming in the water. So like in our world, we see it, especially me, right? So I always have to remind when I even talk about this concept of animated GIFs in a video is mind blowing to people. So I'm always having to use like silly analogies. I'm like, you know, on Facebook where you see those those memes that are like of movies. Well, imagine something like that of you talking in an email. And they're like, what? I'm like, just trust me, it'll work. <laughs> and and it, because it's so foreign because they're not seeing it. Like the everyday consumer person yeah. is not yeah. seeing it. Uh, and that's funny that you're mentioning an email marketing industry event isn't seeing it. Then that yeah. means your everyday you know, a consumer type professional is not seeing it. Yeah. So, so, so that is a huge opportunity. Yeah. It's a, I was just going to say, it's a huge opportunity for like what you're, what you're, uh, what you're helping your video social customers do. Like that's pretty leading edge stuff. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we try to make it where it's kind of push a button. It's like push a button and it creates an email with the animated kit. Right. Keep going. You know, it, it should be kind of no brainer because our kind of members are not going to sit there trying to figure it out. Last question for you, yeah. because I've already t- tied up more than 45 minutes of your time. Um, where do you see text and messaging fit for professional and marketing communication? You know, it's one of the things that um, – so as I alluded to right there, there's this concept that I have where when I post a video uh, by uh, on LinkedIn, I want to be able to notify the people that – are my raving fans and are my closest colleagues uh, and family friends, you know, people who I feel that they would like and share my post, in my case, a video post. And so because email is so cluttered uh, to some extent, um, the text messaging world um, has a nice uh, potential. Uh, the irony is that it's a lot easier for us to go get somebody's email address, even if we don't know it by heart. It's relatively simple to go to, to our, I'll look at our Gmail and just go get it. And it's like a more annoying process, especially on the computer, to get that person's phone number and cell phone number. Like I have to pick up my cell phone, go to his contact, type it in. So it's it's, it's less, you know, uh, seamless. Um, but there's a huge potential there. It's a more intimate um, medium and talk about stewardship of email list. 
stewardship of an SMS list of a text message list, I think is even more um, sacred in that sense, at least the cultural norm right now um, where we don't want to be bothered. And, and uh, so from that aspect, I, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see like where it goes. I mean, I, I would like to take it there because we're using it for that purpose. Like we're not looking for this to be a mass email blast. Like it's meant to be a, a, mass customized to your VIP relationships. And if that's the case, well, suppose you send someone a text message, hey, I just posted this on LinkedIn, can you do me a favor and like and share it? And you only send that message once a month, then they're not gonna be so annoyed. If you send it to them like every day or multiple times a week, then it's like, leave me alone and, and you're ruining that relationship. And, you know, and it's a VIP relationship even worse, right? So it's not even just you're ruining a potential client. This is like your beer drinking buddy. This is your, you know, this is your uncle. <laughs> this is your cousin. Like there are people who, you know, like curse at you back. <laughs> so, so like they, like it's a sacred relationship even beyond a customer relationship. So to answer your question, I think the two, the, the worlds can come together. We just have to be that much more careful. Why do you ask, by the way? Like, you know, are you, um, two reasons. One, I've had any number of guests. Uh, Kenneth Burke from a company called Text Request was an early guest on this podcast, and 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 I invited him specifically so that we could just compare notes about yeah. how those how those worlds collide. Um, and and then the 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 second interest is, you know, I look at my behavior. It sounds like what you observed of your own. It's like it's a high priority. Interrupt. If I if I get I, I got a message when you and I first started talking, my my phone's sitting here. I had muted it, but boop, there's a text message from my wife, and I I you know I looked at it even sure, though right, right in the middle of right, recording. Right. You better. Yeah, you better. <laughs> yeah, and if if we manage that well, right, right. But if it, if it were a, a colleague you met at a conference last year telling you that he just sent out his his video blog on LinkedIn. <laughs> It's like I don't we don't know each other that well. Like you like that like you went there and that was not appropriate. Yeah. Like and if you ever go there again, yeah, I need to figure out a way to block you. Yeah, I'll probably bozo filter you, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. So it, it's versus with email, you know, yes, you know, maybe in a in a very black and white world it's that spam and that's a different discussion, but you have some kind of a collegial relationship. And so it's somewhat acceptable in that perspective. Yes. Where, hey, I met you at the that so-and-so conference just want to check in with you by the way here's a video post that i did all right you know i'm not gonna be i'm not mortally offended by that i mean just click delete but i'm not like how dare you send that to me and if you ever email me again i will track you down and disconnect from you like all right you shot me an email um and so the i think that's an advantage because we have a lot more of those outer circle relationships and yeah. inner yeah. circle relationships yeah. um and we will always just 80 20 rules so from that aspect email enables you to stay in contact with the 95 percent of your relationships yeah. that are not five percent yeah well, uh, yeah. well put. Yeah, yeah so but then you have the advantage with with five percent why aren't you using text message yeah yeah and it's a there there are a bunch of uh the technical term is affordances. There are a bunch of things that email has evolved to handle that the text messaging really has not evolved to handle not. well, right? Yeah, right. I mean, like spam filters, to just use that as one example, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, spam filters are, are, are like, I'm dealing with a situation where it's almost too good. Like I'm getting like things that are, are, are being filtered that I don't want. 
too much so and it's like oh so i'm constantly saying no it's not spam and gmail's not like realizing that it's my own website sending me notifications when a guest rsvps for one of our video blogging clubs and i'm like that's really annoying because i really you know as a sales professional (laughs) my company i need to know like i want to know that someone has rsvp and so i want to be you know that's something i want to be bothered with um it's very important and so i'm constantly going now into my spam folder like literally daily because i know i'm missing things that are valuable and i'm like this is ridiculous so um but to your point, my phone doesn't do that in the text messaging world. There's no spam filter, which is all the more reason why we have to be careful. Very careful. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that as much as like, you know, this new feature that I've already started talking to my programmer about, um, it's like I may as well just start with email because it's a lot easier for someone to be like, oh, okay, this, I, I get it. These are like my 15 people that I know really well. Yeah. But are these the 15 people that you would be texting with? Yeah. No. Like this, no, like that's not like, no, that's not where, like, this is not literally the person I'm having dinner with. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a person I have coffee with. And so I think that's a nice analogy, right? So it's a, it's a coffee list, not a dinner list. And so. Yeah. It's only going to get more complicated. But get more complicated, but we are here to figure it out. We're here to help. We're here to figure it out and here to help people. Well, Vic, what a what a delightful conversation. This is a lot of fun. You know your stuff. I really you, you never thought time. that uh, having a conversation. I never thought having a conversation about email marketing could be so fun. Like I know that's not. <laughs> no one else I know would love to talk for an hour about the future of email marketing. Email marketing this was a blast. Thank you, Matthew. There you know. go. Well, my guest has been Vic Rajan, Practice Marketing Inc. and Video Socials. Vic, thanks for the time. Hi, Dr. Matthew Dunn here. Thank you so much for listening to the future of email. If you're an email industry exec or marketer, and you're interested in being a guest, please apply at campaigngenius.io slash future of email. If this interview was useful for you, please consider sharing it. Grab a screenshot and post it and text it. And of course, email it to your friends. If you know someone who you think would be a good guest, tag them in your post and include the hashtag future of email. I really appreciate seeing guest suggestions. It helps us a ton to keep the show interesting. We do put out new episodes and new content fairly regularly. To keep up, I would suggest subscribing. Your sharing, your rating, your reviews are the key to promoting to the show, and they mean a ton to me and to the team here. If you want to know more, go to our website, campaigngenius.io slash futureofemail, or follow me on LinkedIn. Search for Dr. Matthew Dunn. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.